Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Cynthia Hyatt is a relationship expert, executive consultant, and life management coach. Cynthia Hyatt uses her 30 years of experience as a licensed psychotherapist to now offer in-office or concierge services through executive life coaching, consulting, and image management in order to help you be your own best version. Cynthia also specializes in speaking to groups worldwide about how to be successful in relationships, as well as artfully handling life's challenges. She has had many opportunities to present numerous educational seminars and lectures on a variety of motivational, inspirational, and mental health topics around the world. Please take a moment to visit her website at CynthiaHyatt.com. That's Cynthia, H-I-E-T-T dot com. Her Facebook page at Cynthia Hyatt Incorporated for current events, updates, and inspiration during your week, as well as all social media platforms. You can hear this show as a podcast on iTunes and many other podcast services. Follow her on Facebook and Instagram. Now, with today's fresh insight, here's Cynthia Hyatt. Well, good afternoon. I'm Cynthia Hyatt. Thank you so much for being with me today. I hope that your week went well, and I'm hoping, I believe, that this show will help you really get prepared for next week. Because we really, truly continue to be in very difficult times. And I decided, I don't generally do books on this show, but I wanted to share with you a little mini book that has been my favorite for many, many years. And it's called The Red Sea Rules, and it's 10 God-Given Strategies for Difficult Times. And I'm going to talk through it a little bit. And just give you some insight about getting through really difficult times. And so this book talks about how God delivered the Israelites and that he will deliver us as well. And we can really count on that. And and Moses and the Israelites, see, they found themselves caught between the devil and the deep sea. So I don't know if you may, may be feeling that way. I know I have felt that way before. And it says, and sometimes we're overwhelmed by life's problems. In the Red Sea, these rules reveal that even in the midst of seemingly impossible situations, that God's promises work, and he makes a way for us. His loving guidance, it protects us through danger and illness, marital strife, financial problems. You know, whatever it may be, whatever challenge that Satan is bringing, God is able to walk us through it. And so he uses the story of the Israelites, and this is Exodus 14 as an example. And the the, um, author is Robert Morgan. And he really offers these 10 strategies for moving really truly from fear to faith. You know, life is especially hard for Christians, and it is really hard at this point. The, the, The time we are at in history right now is very difficult. And so we're going to face difficulties. We know that. We know that God allows them. However, sometimes the difficulties really need God-sized solutions. And that's really what the Israelites found themselves, where they, they were completely trapped between Pharaoh and rushing armies and then the uncrossable Red Sea. This is exactly how many of us may feel right now. And the fact that the same God who led them out will lead us out. 
So I like this book. It's helped me tremendously over the years. And I thought it might be just something that we really need right now. And so I'm going to read you two little quotes that I have put on my mirror in my car that I have really used that have helped me to really recenter myself. And the first one is, no sea is deeper than the ocean of his love. I mean, that, that says it all. No sea is deeper than the ocean of his love. There's no army stronger than his host, no force greater than his throne of grace, no enemy who can overcome his direct and indirect work in our lives. And this is what I really liked. This says, God will always make a way for his tired yet trusting children, even if he must split the sea to do it. Isn't that powerful? So I'm going to read that one more time. God will always make a way for his tired yet trusting children, even if he must split the sea to do it. So the first rule when it comes to crossing the Red Sea is realize that God means for you to be exactly where you're at. That's kind of tough because sometimes I, don't, I really do not like where I'm at and maybe where I'm at is a result of really bad mistakes I made. Maybe where I'm at at the moment is because of mistakes others have made. So sometimes it's difficult for me to really realize and accept that God knows exactly where I'm at and he means for it to be that way. Now, he may not have originally meant it, but as soon as he gets involved with it, he means it. So in Exodus 14:12, he gives Moses these very specific instructions of where they are to camp. So he says, Now the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel that they turn and camp before Pi-Hathoroth. I think I said that right. Between Migdal and the sea, opposite Baal-Zavon. And when you are in a difficult situation, remember the Lord placed you there or allowed you to be there. So first and foremost, we want to accept where we've been placed, regardless of how we got there. I don't want you to get all caught up in the shoulda, coulda, wouldas, if only then. Or that any victim posturing that somehow somebody else put us here. Or someone's doing this to us. You know, all of that may be true. But what is even more true and faithful is that God knows this and actually ordained what is happening in our life. And he is with us. He's behind us, he's before us, he's with us, and he will never forsake us. So this rule of when you're in a difficult situation, remember that God is there. He was there to meet you, he was there as you got there, and he will be the one to help you out of it. So rule number two is be more concerned for God's glory than for your own relief. Now that's that's a tough one. That's really a tough one. So God told Moses, he says, Then I will gain honor over Pharaoh and over all his army, and the Egyptians may know that I am the Lord. And that's Exodus 14, chapter, uh, verse 3 and 4. Now, this is a really important understanding, that if I have really given my life to God, if I am wanting to do God's will, 
then one of the things that I have had to come to terms with is that it's not all about me. And that's tough. I, you know, I don't purposefully think that way. <laughs> I'm sure you don't either. But we have this tendency to really think it's all about us. And so when we get into a situation, we either think it's going to be somebody else's fault or it's our fault. So we can either be a victim or victimize ourselves, or think that, oh, my gosh, it's because of my sin that I'm in this bad predicament. You know, maybe there are some situations that, that you got yourself into. But it isn't as if God didn't know it was coming and that he then, because he knew that place was coming, ordained it. That's the most amazing thought to me, that even in my failures, if God gets involved, then he is ordaining the outcome. If I will follow him through the process of healing from it, getting out of it, fixing it, whatever it may be. So I need to be more concerned for God's glory than for my own relief. And that's a tough one, especially if I didn't do it to myself. So I want you to think for a moment of a situation you have found yourself in at any given time or presently that really wasn't your fault at all. And you're now having to pay lots of consequences for it. Well, this is what God is saying. He's saying, listen, I want you to be more focused on God getting glory from how he's going to work it out than really wanting relief, than concentrating so much on fixing it or getting out of the situation or, or blame shifting or telling your story, whatever it may be. Because then God said to Moses, then I will gain honor over Pharaoh and over all his army that the Egyptians may know that I am the Lord. And if you've, looked, if you've watched history, Egypt still will not go against Israel. It's amazing. Because Egypt truly has experienced the one true God. Whether they acknowledge it or not, whether they consciously know they're doing this, Egypt really just stays away. And I thought it was fascinating when I realized that. And this is why, because God used this situation with Moses and the Israelites to let Egypt know that their gods were false and could not save them or overcome the Lord God Almighty and his children. So God can take an impossible situation and gain honor for himself in the midst of adverse situations if we let him. Now let's, let's think about this a little bit more. God can take an impossible situation and gain honor for himself. You know, when we're, as humans, we think of that as self-aggrandizing. We think that, you know, so God has to, like, be all puffed up and has to let the whole world know who he is. When in all actuality, what God is doing is he's saying, the more honor I gain, the more people see who I really am, the more people can believe in me. See, some people can believe in God with not a lot of evidence. Some people are not hardwired that way. They need tons of evidence to be able to trust in who God is. 
So God is wanting to take this, this stupid, impossible situation that he did not create, but that was done because of the sinfulness of the Israelites and the Egyptians, that he wanted to gain honor so that people that who would believe in him would have more evidence as to why they can trust him. So we need to let God have the honor and not get in the way of that honor coming toward God as a way to draw people to God and continue to prove who God truly is. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the next segment as we talk more about the Red Sea Rules. Well, thank you for joining me today. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host. You're listening to Conversations with Cynthia. Make sure that if you're just tuning in, that you go to your favorite podcast server and download the show. We are on most of the podcast servers. If we're not on the one that you like, please contact us, and we'll make sure that we are able to post on that one. So we are talking today about the Red Sea Rules, and it's just this little mini book that I found that really has helped me throughout my life. And I'm very thankful for the, the writer of this, and his name is Robert Morgan. And this is, this is entitled The Red Sea Rules, and it's the same God who led you in will lead you out. So we talked about this, this um, second rule, which is be more concerned for God's glory than for your own relief. And that, that's a tough one. So we understand that occasionally... You know, the Lord does do something with us, tests our faith, maybe leads us into hardship, maybe teaches us wisdom, and showing us his ways. And our first reaction might be a surge of panic and maybe even anger, a sense of alarm. But this is where, <coughs> excuse me, we want to really consult scriptures for guidance. So I want you to really think about this. But there is this deeper secret to the Christian life. And that's when you are in a difficult place, realize that the Lord either placed you there or allowed you to be there for reasons perhaps known only to himself. See, the same God who, lead, who will lead you in will also lead you out. So I like this next one. This next rule is rule number three, and it says, Acknowledge your enemy, but keep your eyes on God. So it would have, it would have done no good, really, for the Israelites to ignore the fact that the e Egyptians were pursuing them. That would have been absurd. Yet God did make a way of deliverance, and Satan can do us no lasting harm when we are truly enclosed in the grace of Christ. I'm sure that you can recall times where things were happening to you that you really knew were not your fault, really did not deserve to have happen. And you came out of it not only alive, but maybe even better. I have some things in my life that, that really should never have happened to me, that some of the greatest blessings came from God walking me through it. And then there are some things that I got myself into that God 
also got me out of, very graciously, very kindly, with no condemnation. So we want to make sure that we're acknowledging the enemy, but we keep our eyes on the Lord. See, Satan can do us no lasting harm. He really can't. He still has to bow to God. Makes him furious and angry, but he still is really under the control of God. So this is where we want to really make sure that we are acknowledging, okay, who, who seems to be my enemy? Is it my spouse? Is it my employer? Is it my neighbor? Is it uh, politicians? Is it another country? Maybe it's even you. Maybe you are your own worst enemy. So what we want to realize is that even if we are our own worst enemy, God is still going to protect us from Satan using that against us. And this is important for us to really, truly trust that God always has a way. He always makes a way. And he is the way, right? So let's think of this next, next rule. This is rule number four. And this says, pray. Now, I don't know about you, but prayer is not... You know, I, I have some friends that they love to pray. They want to pray at every point that we could come up with, right? They love taking time to pray. They pray and seek the Lord. I mean, it's wonderful. I know that I am not a great prayer warrior. I do pray. I know it's extremely important. I, I really kind of have more conversations with God, and I talk to him a lot. I really do talk to him a lot. I think about him a lot. I'm not always great at praying. And so many times I've had to remind myself that if I'm talking to God, if I'm telling God what I need, if I'm complaining to God, if I'm lamenting to God, if I'm asking him to do something, it may not be a formal prayer, but that is a prayer. That is my heart speaking to God. So I don't want you to get too caught up in legalism about how to pray, when to pray, what to pray, these types of things. I really just want you to talk to God, your best friend. I really just want you to cry out to him and say, what is going on? What the heck is happening? Or, God, you saw what I did, and I don't know what the consequences are going to be. I think I really screwed up my life. I think I really ruined my relationship. I think I really messed up my health. Whatever it may be, just have conversations with him. He loves to hear from you and hear you. So we pray. And what happened in Exodus chapter 14, verse 10, it said, When Pharaoh drew near, the children of Israel lifted their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them. They were very afraid. And the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. So they knew what to do. Nobody necessarily got them all together and said, okay, now we're going to have a prayer time. They just started crying out to God. They were freaking out. The Egyptians were marching after them. And this is impossible for them to, to have managed. So we say to ourselves, if I've got something that is impossible, that I have no answer for, I need to cry out to God. And our prayer-answering God will impart the grace we need. And sometimes God's grace is simply saying, I hear you. I hear you. I take you seriously. And I want you to just keep doing your day. 
but I want you to keep on doing life. I'm taking care of this. Sometimes God wants us to do something very specifically. This is where you want to be saying, God is my best friend. So I'm going to tell him what I know he already knows. And I'm going to accept the fact that he doesn't judge me. He doesn't judge my fear. He doesn't judge my anger. He doesn't judge those things. He understands the emotions that humans have. What he wants is trust. And we've talked about this before, what it feels like if someone trusts you. And what a great compliment it is if people say, oh, I trust him. I trust that person. Oh, she's really trustworthy. What a great compliment that is. So one of the ways to really compliment God is trust him. Trust him with his world. Trust him with his people. Trust the fact that he understands Satan and knows what he's doing. And he understands his people. And he loves us in spite of all of our proclivities, all of our hindrances, our lying, our cheating, our freaking out, right? Our judging of other people, places, and things. He understands all these things. He also knows that when we panic, when we get really frightened and hurt, those negative qualities have a tendency to get bigger. So we want to get a handle on that. And we want to, to look at this next rule, and that's stay calm and confident and give God time to work. Join me in the next segment as we talk about that. Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host. Thank you so much for tuning in and joining me today. If you're just now tuning in, please go to your, your favorite podcast server, download the show, and you can listen to the first half hour of this show. We are talking about the Red Sea Rules, and it's a little mini book that has really been a favorite of mine over the years. And I took it out again, and I thought this would be so appropriate and so timely for us and so the Red Sea Rules is written by John, um, Robert Morgan, and it really talks about how the Israelites found themselves caught between the devil and the deep Red Sea, and what God did throughout this and how he did it. So we left off with rule number four, which is pray. And that is a tough one sometimes. I, I know it's tough to pray. And so many times I just tell clients and myself, just think toward God. Thinking toward God is very similar to praying and is kind of a way to pray. So this next one that we're doing, this is rule number five. And it says, stay calm and confident and give God time to work. Now, I can't tell you how many times a day I say to clients, let time do its job. Take time. Don't try to rush time. It's, it's kind of like when I say to clients, have you ever tried to, you know, frost an unbaked cake? It's a mess, right? So you have to leave it in the oven. You have to give it time. You have to let God finish 
his work. So Moses told the Israelites to not fear, but to stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Now, how many times are we faced with situations where we cannot solve the problem or heal the hurt? Yet, we must still leave time for God to work. So we can't heal it. But we can stand with that person for however long it takes for God to do his work. So rule number six, it says when you're unsure, just take the next logical step by faith. And so in Exodus 14, um, verse 15... We see that the Lord said to Moses, Why do you cry out to me? Tell the children of Israel to go forward. Trust God for guidance in small steps. So what does that mean? Well, have you ever cried out to God and asked for a solution when he's already given you one, but you didn't really like the one he gave you, so you were hoping to get a different one? Or... You didn't like the way the one he gave you, so you made one up on your own and didn't work so well. Or maybe you didn't even ask him. And after it failed, then you went back and asked him. Well, I, I, I understand that. I've done that several times in my life. So this is important that when we're unsure, to just take the next logical step. The next, the next logical step may be to go to bed and sleep. And be rested for the next day so you can think better. The next, next logical step may be to eat lunch, eat dinner, or start the day with breakfast. Maybe the next logical step is simply pay the bills. This is where we want to say to ourselves, if we're in a situation that is beyond our ability to contend with, and it's so big that we don't even know what to do, Just do anything that helps. Don't wait until you have the entire solution. Just keep moving forward. Just take the next step and do the next logical thing. And usually, logical things are things like self-care, making sure that you're eating, you're sleeping, you're praying, you're being loved by people and loving others, that you're following at least the Ten Commandments, right? Just do the next logical thing. Don't try to fix the big picture. And we really have that going on in our country right now, that it just seems like there's no way to fix it. It's such a mess. So just do the next right thing. Just be nice to the person next to you in the car. Just be nice to the person in the grocery store. Be polite. Be kind. Don't give someone another thing to be upset about. Be decent. So we're coming up to this this one more segment that we have. This is our longest segment. And we're going to start with rule number seven, which is envision God's enveloping presence. Now, what does that mean? Well, it means that we let ourselves feel his comfort. We look for ways that he's acting. We look for ways where he shows himself. And we recognize that, oh, that was God. God did that for me today. 
This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the last segment as we talk more about the Red Sea Rules. Welcome back to Conversations with Cynthia. Thank you for joining me today. Always I say this to you, make sure that you listen to the shows on the podcast if you've missed a show. You can also send it to your friends. We have um, study guides as well if you want to do it as a group or individually. You can always download the show and a study guide. So thank you again for joining me today. And we are talking about this great little book that I have found. It's a mini book and it is called The Red Sea Rules. And it really takes the rule, these rules that the writer found that God did for the Israelites as they were coming out of Egypt and being chased by the Egyptians and all the different miracles that God did for them and what they did in response to how God was helping them. So we left off with rule number six, which is when unsure, just do the next logical step. So God said to Moses, why do you cry out to me? Tell the the children of Israel to just move forward. So sometimes, you know, when when I have had a really difficult time just not knowing what to do, I thought to myself, what if I just did the next right thing? And the next right thing might just be getting out of bed, right? The next right thing might be eating my breakfast. The next right thing may just be making that one call that I don't want to make. Anything that you can do that just creates some momentum. And so we trust God for guidance in the small steps. Now this next rule that we're going to look at, this is rule number seven, and it says envision God's enveloping presence. And I like that because what does that mean? We envision God's enveloping presence. Well, God will let us know and let us feel his comforting presence, just as he let the Israelites know of his care and the presence through the angel of God and the pillar of cloud. So it doesn't mean that in today's world, God is going to show up as a pillar of, you know, a cloud, or that he's going to send an angel that we see with our own eyes. But what is he going to do? I want you to start looking for ways that tell you God is intervening. Looking for ways that show you that God hears your prayers. And giving God credit for even something as little as, I don't know, maybe somebody let you into the lane that you forgot you were supposed to be in, and at the last minute you had to move over and they actually let you in. Maybe that's a God moment. Maybe your employer said, hey, why don't you take the the afternoon off? You seem really tired. Wow. What if you come home and one of your kids just looks at you and gives you a hug and says, you know, Mommy, I love you. See, these things, these small things, are part of the way that we know that God is in our life, in every moment, every second of our life. That he never leaves us, he never forsakes us, and we are not to be afraid, and we are not to worry. We are his children. And the hardest part about that concept is that we are adults in this world, but we will always be children to God. Once I realized that, it was very comforting. I thought, I don't have to be anything other than a child with God. I don't have to show up like a grown-up with God necessarily. 
Now, I may need to show up as a grown-up in my own life, and that honors God. But how am I going to be a grown-up with God? I just need to tell him my heart. I just need to tell him my fears, my concerns, my woes, what I'm afraid of. I even can be honest enough with him to say, I know in my head that you can fix this, but God, I just don't know if I believe it. I just don't know if I can believe it. I don't know if you're going to fix it. Or I know you can fix it. I know you have enough strength to fix it, but I don't know if you'll fix it for me. And many of us doubt God's love for us in ways that may surprise us. We may profess it to other people, but when it comes down to really understanding how deep and wide God's love is for us, we sometimes short-circuit it with thinking about all the things that we've done wrong. And we do the shoulda, coulda, woulda, if only then in our life. And then we think, oh, I'm going to get my act together. And when I finally get my act together, then I'm going to go ask God. Because then I should be allowed to ask God for help. When if you have children, if you have pets, right? If you have friends, you know that why would they have to work so hard getting their act together and then asking for help? If they can get their act together, why would they need to ask for help? So God is very clear that we need help. And we need help often. And he doesn't hate us for it, judge us for it, despise us for it. He wants to help. So don't be shy with God. Just ask him. So envision his presence. Say to yourself, if he were in front of me and my eyes could see him, what would I see? Well, I would see the fact that a, a parking space opened up for me. I would see for the fact that, wow, I was going to be 10 minutes late to work and somehow traffic moved and I'm not late. Wow, that person called me. Or my husband, my partner, woke up this morning and they weren't mad at me anymore. They just got over it. Whatever it may be, I want you to really be focusing on the fact that even though your eyes can't see him, your heart can your mind can. So rule number eight says, trust God to deliver in his own unique way. Now that, that took me a moment because I never really thought of it quite like that. I didn't think of his own unique way. I just realized there was God's way. And when I really start, started to think about this, I thought, wow, God is very unique in how he helps his people. So who would ever have thought God would have used an old man's raising, an old man raising his rod over the obstructing sea to part the waters so that the Red Sea became a gateway to the Israelites and not a graveyard, only a graveyard to the Egyptians? See, God doesn't always do things the way that we do. And his methods of deliverance are often very mysterious to us. And this is where I say to clients frequently and to myself, I either trust God or I don't. See, I do a grave disservice to myself and a grave disservice and disrespect to God when I think that he needs to do it my way so that I trust him. Or he has to do it in my time so that I am willing to give him the gift of trust. Instead, God is saying, why would you not trust me? If anything... I'm the one in the relationship that's more untrustworthy. 
So one of the ways I honor God is I trust him. I don't wait for him to do something and then say, okay, now that he did that for me, I think I can trust him. That's a very childlike faith. So in the beginning, children are learning to trust their parents. In the beginning, clients are, are learning to trust me. If I just adopt a pet, it's learning to trust me. But imagine if you had a pet for 10 years and they still didn't trust you. That their trust was always in the moment. That they had no history with you at all. See, God is saying, I have great history with you. If you will look at the history I have with you, I am the most trustworthy person you have ever met and will ever know. And the way I honor God, the way I honor others in my life that, that truly love me and want to do right by me is I trust them. That doesn't mean that people in my life have to be perfect to be trustworthy, but it does mean they have to care. And so God is not only trustworthy, he cares. He cares when we miss who he is. He cares when we get scared and think he's not who he says he is. He cares about the fact that we can't figure out all of this. He cares about whatever this world imposes upon us. He wants us to get home safely. He wants to spend eternity with us, which is mind-boggling to me. Who wants to be with me forever? I, just, I think that's a phenomenal thought. So let's look at this. God doesn't always view things the way we do, and his methods are not the same. It says, God's ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. As high as the heavens are from the earth are his thoughts. So rule number nine says that you view your current crisis as a faith builder for the future. Okay, that's kind of a big sentence. It's like, oh, wow, that's, I'm having a hard enough time just getting up and dealing with the current crisis. But to alter my thinking and to shift my focus to saying, oh, yay, I'm going to let this be a faith builder. <laughs> well, I get that. That is, it's a tough one. But here's the thing. The Lord saved Israel that day. So the people feared the Lord and believed the Lord and his servant Moses. That's awesome. But see, I want God to say that Cynthia believed him today. And then he saved me. See, that's one of the ways I can honor God. Now, I'm not great at that. I really work toward that. I want to honor God. But this, this situation here where it says trials and troubles, these are the treadmills for the soul. They develop strength. They develop stamina. And if any of you out there are athletes, you understand the power of repetition and strength and stamina and how much you need that for whatever event you are, you are participating in. So we want to think about our lives as it's like, it's, our life is like a football game, right? It's a baseball game. It's, it's, a, it's a mountain climb. Whatever it may be that we want to really be exercising our faith so that we have the strength and the stamina to do life well. So that we don't get just blown over like a feather when someone just looks at us wrong. And this is imperative for us 
especially during this time. We want the world to see that we are different and that we do have a God that parts the Red Seas. So we're coming to the end of of the hour here. So the last rule is don't forget to praise him. See, Moses and the Israelites sang this song of triumph to God after their deliverance, and they exalted him. So we don't want to forget to be grateful for God's deliverances. He truly is our strength and our song, and he has become our salvation. And that's Exodus 15, verse 1 and 2. So I want to leave you with that today, that you and I both know how it feels when someone remembers what you did for them. See, I tell God thank you for things he did 10 years ago. I don't want him to think I forget what he has done for me. He has done great things for me. I do that in my relationships. I remind my husband of things he's done for me over the, the years and years that I have known him, that I don't forget them. I thank my mother for things. I thank Jeremy, my producer. He's been with me a long time. He's done great things for me. And I'm very grateful for this station that has been so supportive. So I want people that have done great things for me, that helped me do what God has called me to do, to know that I know I didn't do it on my own. So thank God for the things he's doing for you today that got you this far. And remind yourself, God can do anything. Nothing is impossible for our God. Have a blessed week, and I'll talk to you next week. We hope this past hour has been encouraging, motivating, and inspiring to you. The messages and teachings shared during the show are given as a way to reach you, the listener, with ideas and insights on how you may not only improve your life, but have more successful and meaningful relationships as you become the best version of you. Cynthia is available as a keynote speaker or guest speaker for your corporate or spiritual events. Cynthia is able to customize a message for any audience attending a meeting, retreat, or conference. In addition to this, she oftentimes partners her messages with music as she is a singer and musician. Please contact her through her website at CynthiaHyatt.com. If you missed any part of this program, you can download the most current show from her website at CynthiaHyatt.com or hear a replay on your favorite podcast server. Please take a moment to visit her Facebook page at Cynthia Hyatt Incorporated and leave your ideas and comments about today's show. Now, be your own best version. Be-